0: Our doctor is in, and so are the doctors of Capital Health. Welcome to the all-new Health 411. Every Sunday morning at 10, Dr. Jonathan Carp, along with our respected panel of guests from Capital Health, take you on an important medical journey to help you navigate your health and the health care system. To reach your destination, good health. Health 411 is underwritten by Capital Health, minds advancing medicine. Capital Health is the region's leader in providing progressive quality patient care with exceptional physicians, nurses, and staff, as well as advanced technology.
1: 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019, 2021, 2022, and 2023 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station, as well as the winner of the 2023 IBS College Media Award for universities under 10,000 students. We are broadcasting from the Bronx All Digital Studios on the campus of Rider University. Welcome to Health 411. I am your host, Professor Jonathan Carp. This Health 411 program is presented by Capital Health. In Health 411, we discuss a variety of issues affecting health and wellness, public health, healthcare policy, and the science of health and healthcare. Our goal is to expand your knowledge and your perspective. Today, our student producer, Dan Geller, and I are going to have a conversation with Tom O'Neill. Tom is the president and CEO of Cognivue, um, a Sort of a sort of a, a medical device and software company located in near Rochester, New York, in my former hometown of Victor. I did mention that Tom before. Welcome to the program, Tom. Thanks, Jonathan. Glad to be here. It's it's exciting to talk to somebody from, like I was saying before, sunny Rochester area. Um, you are the president and CEO of a company called Cognivue. But before we talk about what Cognivue does, can you, for students who might be interesting, can you tell us about your background and how you got into sort of the medical device and software business?
2: Yeah. So uh, first of all, again, thank you both uh, for having me. Uh, you know, you, you and I joked earlier, I'm an old guy too, so I'm 54. So I've I've been in healthcare for 30 years. Um, I graduated from the University of uh, Akron in, in Ohio, in, in northern Ohio. And uh, I got into uh, consumer packaged goods coming out of school, mm-hmm. but then worked my way into Johnson & Johnson. Were you a science major in school? Did you come at I, it from the science side was or a the business bi- side? No, I, I was a business major. Okay. Um, where I made the transition over to the consumer healthcare was when I went to Johnson and Johnson's McNeil Consumer Healthcare Division, and and spent the next eleven years at J and J. But I, I think for me, you know the the thing that really drew me to J and J besides the products it was the credo and, and what J and J stands for and what they uh, always work towards kind of the 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 meaning behind it so you could, to me you could pick a career in a lot of different things but what better than healthcare, where you actually you know get to earn a living but at the same time also get to yeah, do good. well um, cool. for people
1: so j and j has a big footprint not as big as it used to be here in new it, jersey yeah. were you down here yeah. in, new, in new jersey do you have some new I jersey was,
2: yeah so ortho so i was with j, so i was with four different divisions over okay. over the course of my tenure there and it was uh up in Bridgewater well, area, up that, that way? In the Bridgewater area okay, for okay. Ortho Clinical Diagnostics and Ortho McNeil Pharmaceuticals. Um, so yeah, spent quite a bit of time up in that, what do they call it, Pharma Row? Yes. Where all the pharmaceutical companies are. Route 202. Um, yeah, so I, so I grew but but my career is very different than most people you'll talk to. Most people you'll talk to, they lived in kind of one silo and grew up in that one silo. And I very intentionally, over the 30 years, I, you know, I, I kind of describe myself as the tweener. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I went consumer healthcare, I've done pharmaceuticals, I've done uh, vision care, I've done surgical, I've done uh, wow. chemistry, hematology? I did uh, a molecular diagnostics, life sciences, uh, wow. surgical and, um, and bioinformatics and now in neurology. So I've I've kind of I continue to to try wow. and get cool. and learn different things. That's yeah.
1: great. If you if I if I if I knew you better, Tom, I'd say you had trouble holding the job.
2: Well, the, way, <laughs> the joke I always say it, it may not be that much of a joke. Is <laughs> I keep moving before anybody figures out I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, there you go. And it's it's worked out to this point. Thank you. For, I, I
1: only say that so thank you for smiling. I, I, I do <laughs> I do appreciate people who get my sense of humor. But, Absolutely. Um, but anyway, now you're you are running a company. Um, in computerized cognitive assessment, yep. um, so how did so how do you make the transition from like consumer healthcare to sort of psychophysics?
2: Yeah, so so interestingly, my last role was with a company called Cayegen. Cayegen mm-hmm. is a molecular diagnostics, life yeah. sciences, and bioinformatics company. I was running North America for them. They were mm-hmm. a German-based a company out of Hilden, Hilden, Germany. Um, you'll know this name because you were here for a while. Uh, for, for graduate school is um, uh, Tom Galassano. Yes. He re- acquired this wow. business back in 2018. Um, and he really acquired it as a, as a distressed yeah. asset. It wasn't ready to be commercialized <laughs> yet, but it had gone through the rigors of a de novo process with the FDA. Okay. Um, and, and so he acquired it, brought me in to run it. It was me and, and two people that came with the, the technology and the IP. And so oh. we've been working for the last five and a half years to to develop this and commercialize it.
1: Wow. Um, so just for context, um, I recognize the name Tal- Tom Galisano. or some of our listeners might not, um, yep. but this is the same Tal- Tom Gallisano who ran for governor a few years back. For, is it not I think for New, time, New York State? So, yeah.
2: So Tom uh, founded the company Paychecks. It's yes. a payroll services company. He was also the um, the he the owner of the buffalo sabers uh for a while and he's got his his philanthropic side he's got his name on i'm going to say eight hospitals um and in clinics across upstate new york uh from syracuse to buffalo down to southwest florida wow cool very
1: yeah and so he found a company it was a, a i guess a financial no, distress
2: company he, Nope. Dr. Charles Duffy, uh, a neurologist and neuroscientist out of U of R founded uh, the company and developed this technology and carried it through the FDA. And then Tom uh, purchased the uh, business after the angel investors and angel funding ran out. So Tom ended up acquiring it, bringing me in and and we've been working to commercialize it since.
1: Excellent, and the company is called Cogniview. and mm-hmm. can you give us the overview, and then we can dive in a little bit of what Cogniview
2: does? Yeah, so I, your, your, um, your description was really good because most people don't know whether they should say it's a medical device company or a software company, and and we are really kind of <laughs> both. So the fact that you even yeah. called that out was impressive. Don't tell um, my so, students they ever did anything right. They won't believe yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So we're the first computerized test of, okay. of, of cognition. So uh, they call them digital co- cognitive assessments. Okay. Um, we are a medical device. You see it over my, all over my shoulder at least for, for you, the, the two of you that can see it. Um, but it's also the the algorithm and the adaptive psychophysics that we use. So we have 18 patents, um, both on the algorithm as well as on the device itself. Um, and it, it's really dynamic in that it adapts to each individual patient's uh, abilities. Okay. So starting with their motor skills, their visual salience, salience, and then it takes them through four perception tests, letter, word, uh, mm-hmm. Shape and motion, and then four memory tests: letter, shape, word, and motion. And the interesting thing about it is, it's think of it this way: it's gamification of cognitive testing. So, oh, I like that word. if you know anything about cognitive testing, it's forty-year-old paper and pencil Moca MMSE. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those are administered by a person. They're scored by a person, and if you talk to patients after doing them, they feel they feel denigrated. They don't feel smart you know in and, and with ours it actually feels more like that game like a, like an arcade mm-hmm. game because it's no question and answer it's x it's 10 exercises in 10 minutes yeah and so just for
1: we are going to be on the radio in a, in a podcast uh can sure. you, and you've, you've talked about the device i can see it can you describe yeah. the device for the yeah listeners? so
2: think of it as a little bit bigger than a laptop and it and it opens up and has a, a cover on it um and that cover is there to take out ambient light and to focus the patient and then there's a joystick, what we call a wheel, right in the middle of the base, where you would think the buttons, the the the, um, uh, would but you know the the uh, uh, the mouse yeah, the, or something. The, not the mouse, but the joystick keyboard. Key. Okay. instead of the keyboard, it's it's the it's the wheel. So this the wheel is in the no. center, no. and no, you either is. turn it right or you turn it left, and that's the only interaction that the patient is going to have with our device. Excellent. And you moved your shoulder, shoulder a little bit. I can see it now. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really good. I want to come back. Um, we're going to take a, a, a break, Tom, uh, for some underwriting announcements here. And then we'll come back. We want to hear about Cogniview and the device and the testing procedure and, and what you envision it being used for. Uh, so we'll be right back with Health 411. You're listening to 107.7 The Bronc and 1077theBronc.com.
0: Health 411 Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten by Capital Health. If someone you loved was sick, how far would you go to make sure they got the best care? Your mother, your sister, your best friend, your neighbor, your son? how far would you go for doctors who will meet with you longer so they really get to know you and who collaborate across disciplines so that they can devise a plan of care that's uniquely right for you there's no doctor too far no care too distant, that you wouldn't go there. And for more than 100 years, so has Capital Health. From our hospitals in Trenton and Hopewell, to our primary care offices all across Mercer, Bucks, and Burlington Counties, to right here at Ryder University, Capital Health has the team of doctors, nurses, experts, specialists, and staff that you can count on to care as much about your loved ones as you do. Because you'd go to the ends of the earth if someone you loved was sick. And so do we, Capital Health. There's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit. Now back to the all new Health 41. One, underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing Medicine.
1: 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. We're recording Health 411 from the Digital Bronx Studios. Welcome back. We are continuing our conversation with Tom O'Neill, who's the president and CEO of Cognivue. And in the end of the last segment, um, Tom was telling us about this device he has, it looks sort of like a laptop with a specialized screen, where they can do some um, computerized cognitive assessment with this machine. Um, And and you were saying a little bit at the end, some of the things that it tests. But before we go into that, why would you want, why would somebody care about this? Why would somebody want to use this product?
2: Yeah it, it's a great question. I I think when it comes down to it and you think about healthcare in general, we healthcare is two things. Healthcare has gotten so good that our bodies are outliving our brains. So things like Alzheimer's and dementia, it is not an insignificant issue. It's, you know, they're they're projecting 50 million people by t- by 2050 will have that just in in in, you know, the, the US and, and so it's, it's an, excuse me, globally. So it's a significant issue, not to mention those people that are dealing with mild cognitive impairment. So 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 that's the first thing. I think it, it is as much a society issue as it is in health as a healthcare issue. And that's the aging I think, population I mean, issue. The aging population. Mm-hmm. I, and I think even if it's not the aging population, the data we've seen tells us that no matter what age you are, no, no matter what generation you are, the biggest concern they have is around dementia and alzheimer's and it's because they have seen a loved one right they've seen mom dad grandma grandpa aunt, or uncle die with dementia and so it is a significant issue and so recently the first medication just got approved for mild cognitive impairment or or early alzheimer's uh, and that's a drug by a drug manufacturer called asi and the drug's called Lakembi. So now the question is, is we're gonna to need to be screening people, doctors are gonna to need to be screening people so they can get access uh, to that new medication.
1: Well, it seems like, so this would be a kind of tool that would not only be diagnostic for severe or even, I guess, initially mild cognitive impairment, but also a way to see if an intervention, whether it's a medicine, diet, something else
2: works is that sort of
1: yeah sort of the idea
2: that is so I also want to be clear we're not a diet we're not a diagnostic tool we're a mm-hmm. cognitive assessment only the doctor can diagnose so super important for your you, you know yes. your students will really appreciate this is the FDA cleared us as a computerized assessment aid not as a diagnostic tool the doctor is the one that diagnoses. but yes you know if there's an intervention whether that intervention is 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 a drug a medication or whether that intervention is lifestyle diet exercise you know mindfulness hearing something asleep those things that can cause Mm -hmm. a cognitive issue um, yes, you can come back in six months or a year and, and retest yourself and see if it's improved.
1: Um, I want to connect some dots for maybe some of the students who are listening, who may be familiar with the concussion testing that's done now in high schools, um, in colleges, not just for athletes, but even people in the club sports like aikido and things like that have to do concussion yeah. testing. Is that sort of the same idea, but a little in a more yeah, sophisticated way? So, for what you guys yeah, do? Yeah.
2: It, 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 Somewhat, so that is a concussion test. It's called IMPACT. It's the concussion test that most schools and universities and pro teams use, um, but that is for a, that is a diagnosis for a concussion. We don't diagnose concussion, but we do have an indication for a concussion and TBI. But think about it this way, it's, con- it's cognition as it relates to a concussion. So IMPACT is kind of a, a broader screening across a number of different things where we are a much deeper screening on cognition and absolutely for concussion or tbi in fact we're one of our advisors um brilliant sports neurologist um dr jeff uh, kutcher uh head of the kutcher clinic uh, clinic out of michigan but he does the olympics teams he does the nflpa the nhlpa and he's been using the device for concussion for for four years now
1: oh pretty cool Uh, and so what kinds of things allow your assessment to happen? Um, so you're gonna, I imagine me, I'm gonna be tested. I'm gonna sit in front of this device. I'm assuming I'm yep. sitting and not standing. I, the machine comes on. Um, actually, let me let me take a step back it occurs to me because people are used to laptops that are all connected to the internet somehow. Right, um, yep. And then if you, if I'm doing this sort of evaluation, other other HIPAA concerns, privacy concerns yeah. about information
2: flowing over the airwaves. Yeah, so it's a great routers. question. Ours is, is, is all, we're all HIPAA compliant and we mm-hmm. we are um, a high trust certified, so there's no issue with that. But um, the, so I'll, I'll go back to your your question, it is, Wi-Fi enabled, but it doesn't require Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about that is we are in a study with the University of Miami uh, across 12 Indian reservations, American Indian reservations. Um, and and the reason why they liked our test because it doesn't just require, it doesn't, it's, it's it's not required to have Wi-Fi, but it can be connected to Wi-Fi. Um, so we are both. But like you said, you sit in front of it. Okay. It has a two minute introductory video. Okay. And then it's self-administered and self-scored. And the reason why is we want to take as much of that human bias and variability, whether it's in the introduction of the the test, mm-hmm. the testing, or the actual administration of it, or the scoring of it. We try to remove as much of that human error var- variability and bias that comes with it. And then it it takes you right into the... The the I, and
1: and you, brought, you brought up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you with one observation. If you've ever sat for any of these tests, the thing that Tom was talking about is you sit there and somebody asks you questions or you read it, and it's a little disconcerting that somebody sort of sit there with a pencil and be checking marks while you're sitting there doing whatever you're doing. Um, and I think nowadays people are much more comfortable sitting in front of a computer screen. Um, so I, I think that's sort of good. Um, and it seems to me that as long as you can see, hear, and move move the, 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 the wheel, the wheel yep. move the wheel. Um, those would be the only limitations for your particular device. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. And you don't even need to hear cause there's no audible direction. It's all visual. Oh, so, so it's reading. Really, because
1: it's, yep, it's reading yep. and it's a reading, not auditory. Interesting. Um, because and uh, you stole my thunder there, because I was going to ask about people as they age. Because aging is right where you went. Um, being in that group, you know, people do send sometimes. You can correct for a lot of visual things, but a lot of the auditory things sort of happen in a very a quiet,
2: slow manner. There. <laughs> so, Jonathan, I got to tell you, our fastest growing segment is audiology. Is it? So audiology mm. is by far our fast and growing growth segment because, you know, you hear with your ears, but you process those sounds with your brain. Yes. Um, so it is uh, it, it it allows the audiologist or the hearing care professional to have a much broader, like healthcare conversation, clinical conversation with their patients mm. than just about their hearing. Yeah. So is the is the audiology segment of your company is that considered a solution for the visually impaired for cognitive assessment for them? Um, no, I don't know that it's, I don't know that we look at it that way. I think it's just, it, it's, it works for, again, we put it in optometry, audiology, and retail pharmacy, our, our five minute screener, the cognitive you thrive. Um, and, and it works in that you, you don't need to listen. You you have to have, I think it's 2100 vision to be able to, to get through it, but, you don't need to, 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 it's not audible, so you don't need to hear for it. So it certainly works for the audiologist.
1: Yeah, a, and and I, I hear it from my background in neuroscience, and I hear something that if you do this test, it might, if you have trouble hearing, there are a lot of reasons why you might not hear. And these kinds of tests might inform sort of the underlying neuroscience of why you have trouble. Sometimes you can hear just fine, you just can't process the information. There's a whole multitude of things whole, that happen yeah, yeah. There yeah. Is, it's not I one thing
2: there, no and yeah. hearing the there's it goes back to 2019 with the world health organization the CDC healthy brains initiative and then more recently with the Lancet where hearing was the most mod the single most modifiable risk factor uh, for dementia so if you can improve somebody's hearing if they have a hearing issue and the really simple way of explaining is think about parts of the brain start to overcompensate or yes. others start to you know shut down and and so there's ways to keep that active but just by getting hearing aids
1: yeah um, and um, I, I want to transition Dan's giving me a little signal here running out of time but just as a statement um, I don't want to be criticized by people from the from the deaf community who do not consider being deaf an impairment right. uh, and there are people like that um, sure so, and I'm aware of that but you're really talking about people who at one time could hear who are losing their hearing and being able to assess them <laughs> under those conditions you're,
2: you're absolutely you're absolutely right 100 so, right
1: yeah. so yep. let's take tom let's take another break for some underwriting announcements and we'll come back and continue the conversation you are listening to 107.7 the Bronx and 1077
0: the health 411 sunday mornings at 10 a.m on 1077 the Bronx is underwritten by capital health if someone you loved was sick how far would you go to make sure they got the best care Your mother, your sister, your best friend, your neighbor, your son? How far would you go for doctors who will meet with you longer so they really get to know you and who collaborate across disciplines so that they can devise a plan of care that's uniquely right for you? There's no doctor too far, no care too distant that you wouldn't go there. And for more than 100 years, so has Capital Health. From our hospitals in Trenton and Hopewell, to our primary care offices all across Mercer, Bucks, and Burlington Counties, to right here at Rider University, Capital Health has the team of doctors, nurses, experts, specialists, and staff that you can count on to care as much about your loved ones as you do. Because you'd go to the ends of the earth if someone you loved was sick. And so do we, Capital Health. There's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit. Now back to the all new Health 411, underwritten by Capital Health Minds Advancing 107.7
1: the and 1077 the you're listening to health 411 and our conversation with tom o'neill president and ceo of cognivue in uh, outside rochester new york and um we're hearing about his uh computerized cognitive assessment, um, targeting um, in many ways the the aging population or people who undergo chasing. So I'm assuming, and I want to get to some of the details you test, but I'm also hearing to make some of these cognitive assessments, it seems like establishing baseline would be an important thing to do. Is that part of the testing that goes on here as opposed to um, traditionally, some people might not even take a cognitive test the old-fashioned way with a pen and pencil um, until there's already an issue. So are, are baselines important?
2: Baselines are always important. You don't have to have a baseline because when you take our our, our test, it it's it's evaluating you against our normative ranges for your age, mm-hmm. right, your age, your ethnicity, Um your gender uh, or sex at birth, so so it's it's taking that into account and evaluating you against that. It also, as I mentioned earlier, it it adapts to each individual's motor skills or visual salience. And then, the better you do on the subtest, the harder it gets. So it finds is looking for your threshold or set up easier way or better way is it looks for your failure point, right? Mm-hmm. And then starts backing it down. So the better you do the harder it gets the, the less well you do it slows down and makes it easier for you. So it's really it's really personalized from that perspective but yes, always always good to have a baseline uh, but not necessarily uh, to, with it with our technology.
1: And what I'm hearing from that is you must have had um, research data from not tens, not hundreds, but thousands of people, thousands. A very, very mm-hmm. diverse kind of people. Uh, so you can make yeah. all those sort of categories. You know, the, the 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 algorithm will put you into the category
2: and make the appropriate comparison. So so somebody yes, somebody we,
1: was doing a lot of research on this for a long time.
2: Yeah, and and not only before, but we continue to right. So your research is never done. Um, so just last year, we closed two major studies. The we were working with the Global Alzheimer's Platform with the Biohermes study. That was a thousand patients. 20 were had to be minimum of 20 percent had to be diverse either black or hispanic and every one of those thousand patients and i'm oversimplified but got a cognitive view uh mmse which is that paper mm-hmm. and pencil um, neuropsych test a pet scan a blood biomarker and a couple hours of neuropsych workup we also at the same time we just closed another study uh last year which was the focus study it's 1600 patients and that was against uh, comparing us to our bands. Our bands is another neuropsych, a much deeper neuropsych test. And that goes about 40 minutes long. And it allowed us to go deeper in our normative ranges down to age 20. Cause as you can imagine, Jonathan, especially mm-hmm. with your neuropsych or with your um, uh, psych bed, neuropsych background is uh, that most of the people that go through these tests are 65 and older. Mm-hmm. What our bands did, it allowed us to get those normative ranges down to 20. And
1: um, I'm going to make the assumption here, your testing population is more than just the people of R- Rochester, New York.
2: It, it <laughs> is. It's So it's it's certainly um, very diverse. That one I just mentioned, the mm-hmm. focus study, yeah. 37% were Black mm-hmm. or Hispanic. Um, and we make sure that um, the sex at birth is also a, a mm-hmm. good um, good split as well. Um, so again, historically, I think that's been the challenge with studies. Historically, they're they're are a bunch of old white guys like me, right? So yeah. or college students. Make, yeah, we, we yeah. yeah we got to no, yeah. but we got to make sure that the the study population is. Um, is reflective of the population that the target audience yeah, and make up the the world or the
1: country okay so let's get into the meat a little bit when we we're talking about this testing device um yep. if, if i was just <laughs> it took me a while to get there but you, you've just sat me down i can i can i can i'm in front of the device yep. what kind of things would i expect to happen what would i see and what, what kind yep. of um you use the word gamification uh what kind of yep. games would i be expected to play that are going to tell you about what's happening in my brain
2: yeah, so the, the first test is the motor skills test, and it's going to be a green wedge. In a, it goes in a circular motion, and you're to keep that green red wedge on the white dots. And, and it's going to get the wheel is going to go from a one-to-one ratio to a three-to-one to a five-to-one back to a one one ratio so that as you're trying to keep the green wedge on the white dots, it's getting more and more <laughs> difficult. People will think it's actually broken. It's not. It's to see how quickly you can yeah. react to it um, I'm thinking of asteroids.
1: First... remember the old game of yeah, the yeah, asteroids? Yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that that first one is is testing your motor skills and then it adapts the rest of the test your to motor okay. so so mo- the motor test to
1: that okay. So motor skills, I imagine, is two components. It's your ability to to turn the wheel, but it's also your reaction time. Is it like both, yeah. both of those components? Kind of like a good. motor skill cor- cor- core. It's
2: exactly right. Okay. So reaction time and speed processing, okay. right? So we're we're seeing how quickly you get to the answer, but we're also seeing how quickly you get to the right answer, which mm-hmm. incorporates not only that reaction time but your executive function to to find the right to find the right answer. Right. Um, so that first one re- is is motor skills okay. and adapts like a, like again, you're going to have different patients. to have different motor abilities. Then you get the visual salience a similar thing where, but it's the, the light, the dots get lighter and lighter and lighter until you can't find them, you can't follow them anymore. Uh-huh. And then, and then once it sees that you've hit your threshold, it gets bright again. Okay. Is, it, no,
1: is, it, is, uh, is um color an issue here for colorblind people it, or black and white? It's a, a, that,
2: it's a great question. So okay. it's all black and white. And okay. we did that so that colorblind doesn't become an issue within okay. the test itself. Okay. Um, after you get through those first two subtests, those are adapting the rest of the test to your abilities you'll go through eight other subtests each one has three practice uh, three practice exercises before it starts scoring you so it's almost we want to give you some practice some learning before you go into the actual scoring portion of each one of those subtests. So eight, eight,
1: eight subtests, I'm, I'm going to interrupt just because I'm a college professor.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if I have
1: students um, and I told them that you're going to have eight tests today in class, I would see a lot of people's eyes roll. Uh, how long does this take to sort of go through the eight tests?
2: Yeah, so it's it's 10 tests in 10 minutes. Oh, so okay. It's so it's the, ten, the really simple, easy way to okay. explain it is, yeah. is about a minute per test. Okay. And I say about because remember, it's adapting to your ability. To your so. The better you do, the faster the test is going to go. Uh, so it might be eight minutes. The less well that you do, the it could be up as upwards of 12 minutes to get so through all. So
1: in the time. in and uh, I'm I'm seeing a situation here where a a a score is developed at the end. Um, and one of the issues we have here on college campuses, um, that wasn't around so much (laughs) when our contemporaries was around is how fast it takes you to get to the right answer. Is that important for this, for this test? It is important.
2: It is important for this test. Yep. So you discussed sort of the green wedge with the white dots. What gave you the idea of actually incorporating that as a test? Like what, what made it, what makes that reliable as an indicator of somebody's cognitive function? yeah it's it's a great question and one that's probably better for the founder because i don't know how he came up with that to begin with because that's what's i guess that's what's really different uh dan about ours our test versus the mocha or the mmse which are you know very different and also question and answers um it's really to identify things like jonathan we're talking about reaction time and speed processing but also executive function memory visual spatial those are the things that we're able to capture um, by doing the perception and the memory test in the order that we do them but also and i'll give you an example one is the shape test the subtest the shapes but we don't use square circle things that could be you know you can uh kind of verbally uh recognize we use non-mediated shapes, so you actually have to use the executive function, your memory, your, not your memory, your executive function to process what you're looking at and still remember it.
1: And, and, and you're, listening to you answer the question made me think about um, testing effects. Do people get better with practice on this, or yeah, is there a, is it's there a, a great, stability? It's a great question.
2: So no. So we've looked at our learning effect uh, mm-hmm. or our practice effect, and it's very it's minimal at best, and and we expect that. Within the next year, we'll actually work that uh, small change into our algorithm so that we have um, that learning effect built in. Right, so a
1: correction for the number of times you've gone through the exercises um, and stuff like that. And um, within that, I'm sure like if I was to do the same exercise, I'm sure it's varied every time I see it. I'm not not getting exactly
2: the same questions on the exam every time I sit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so Mocha and MMC, those yes. are paper and pencil, and you can study those online because yep. there's only so many versions of those. Ours is different every single time you take it. Cool. And I want to hear more
1: about that and I wanna we've only touched the, the surface of some of the details, but we'll be back to continue conversation on Health 411 after some brief underwriting announcements. You're listening to 107.7 The Bronx and 1077
0: The Health 411 Sunday mornings at ten AM on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten by Capital Health. If someone you loved was sick, how far would you go to make sure they got the best care? Your mother, your sister, your best friend, your neighbor, your son? How far would you go for doctors who will meet with you longer so they really get to know you and who collaborate across disciplines so that they can devise a plan of care that's uniquely right for you? There's no doctor too far, no care too distant that you wouldn't go there. And for more than 100 years, so has Capital Health. From our hospitals in Trenton and Hopewell to our primary care offices all across Mercer, Bucks and Burlington Counties to right here at Ryder University, Capital Health has the team of doctors, nurses, experts, specialists and staff that you can count on to care as much about your loved ones as you do. Because you'd go to the ends of the earth if someone you loved was sick. And so do we, Capital Health. There's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit. Now back to the all new Health 411, underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing, Medicine.
1: 7, the bronc 107.7 The and 107.7 TheBronk.com. Welcome back to Health 411. We are entering our final segment of our conversation with Tom O'Neill, President and CEO of Cognivue. Um, Tom, if somebody wanted to learn more about Cognivue, more than we can cover in our conversation, how would they find you? Find sure. More so they can go to
2: our website, um, www.cognivue.com. That's C-O-G nivue dot com. Cool. Um, and and
1: related to all that, when the, when they get on the thing, they'll find out more about the device, what it looks like, how it's tested. Um, I have a question. That generally, who um, who are your customers for this? I know it, the patients are probably not your customers. No, uh, right. Like who right. who are you targeting? Who's actually going to um, help make a prof- profitable company for you guys?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, so think about it two ways. We have the same technology but two different devices the one is a five-minute screening okay mm-hmm. so it's shorter it it is really focused to the uh, optometrist the audiologist and the retail pharmacist the clinicians um and the reason being is is they um listen we don't expect them to be neurologists or neuropsychiatrists or, or neuropsychs that we expect them to be the, the the profession that they are and intervene how they can which would be with with whether hearing instruments or vision or with polypharmacy or something else then our 10 minute test that's more of the FDA cleared assessment that goes to um, neurologist neuropsych psychs, but also to internal medicine family practice and I, and I think it really needs to reside there because it is a place for the front lines assessment before a patient goes on to see a neurologist it's difficult there's not enough neurologists in the country and so you know to see a neurologist could take four to six months or longer in certain parts of the country so in 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 many instances the internal medicine or the family practitioner has to kind of play all the roles
1: yeah it ends up doing that um it's interesting i noticed uh, and i have to ask this question um just because of the way healthcare works in our country Um you didn't sure. you didn't you didn't mention insurance companies
2: yeah well certainly the the payers the commercial payers yes, that that's, that, that's why about, i'm asking yeah yeah they they decide what they'll what they'll cover what uh, they'll pay in addition to cms who decides for medicare yes uh and medicaid but um Most commercial payers have, there are what's called CPT codes and ICD-10 codes. That would be the codes that that you would process for reimbursement. So most commercial payers have uh, codes for that reimbursement of this test. Um, It probably depends on the payer and the market, whether they reimburse primary care or internal medicine, but all of the payers, I would say generally, Cover the specialist, the neurologist, the neuropsych, the psych, those guys usually get get covered.
1: Okay, and so I guess the goal was to have your device eventually included into that. It uh, is already. Oh, it is. Oh, it, so it is. is. Oh, okay. Wonderful. They're, that's, that's they're,
2: good. they're generic reimbursement codes. They're not specific to any product. Okay. Oh, okay. Device that 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 is
1: excellent to know. Um, um, let me get back into the psychophysics of this, and I, and sure. I, I know you're not the designer or the yeah. sort of the guy doing it, um, but you you started talking about some of the things about the the motor control, and I was writing some of this down, sort of a a, a visual capacity thing, and then you know eight eight sort of subtests that come out of that, um, and I asked about sort of the learn the, the, the testing effect of learning, are the tests administered in a prescribed order or are they mixed up on different testing? Um, every time you do it, do the tests show up in sort of a different order? Um, yeah, and I have they a show up I, in
2: the same order. So, same, so it's, okay. it's that, that motor, then it's visual salience, okay. and then it's uh, the perception, and there's four perception tests, letter, word, shape, and motion. Okay. And then it goes right to memory and it goes letter, word, shape, and motion. Interesting in our in our uh, memory, and you'll appreciate this too with your background. Is we use something called backwards masking. That,
1: that's so, what I was going to. Uh, you, 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 so you read my we, mind. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we will overwrite. We'll ask you to remember the first letter, the first mm-hmm. word, the first shape, or the first motion, and we'll overwrite it with other, let's say, let's say letters, right? So yeah. we'll overwrite it with other letters or, or big, nonsense words small, or something like that or whatever, and yeah, ask you to remember the yeah. first one. Same with the other
1: three. Oh, really cool! Um, yeah, I could see that could be very interesting, and it also makes it be very, very difficult to remember from session to session to learn it. Um, was that? I, I'm going to assume you've taken the cognitive yeah, test hundreds, uh, of hundreds of of and, and so, is is your score consistent with your idea of this the score being very um, sort of static?
2: So. Yes, but I'll also tell you the funny story about that is is when you're in a room full of, I don't care if it's doctors or nurses or, or patients, and you get done presenting, you go, hey, we have two devices up front if anybody would like to try it. Everybody all of a sudden loses their keys and they're looking at the ground and they're, <laughs> they're looking around. Um, so the reason why I've done it so many times is I'm the one that goes, oh, don't worry, you guys can come up, stand around me, and, and I'll do it while you're watching and I'll explain it. But, yeah, my score is always – within the range right so it's always within three or four points okay um within what what you would expect would be for uh somebody without any cognitive impairment excellent although you could ask my wife she might have a different opinion but (laughs) that's for me um so within that just i going to
1: backtrack a second you were talking
2: about the website
1: before um and then you said the customers are the clinicians the pharmacists and uh, people like that um if some, you know if the undergraduates here at Ryder or somebody else were going to log on to the website, would they feel like they're reading like you know a, a textbook in psychophysics and clinician, or would they be able to understand the stuff there? And we'll- yeah,
2: I, I think <laughs> we try to make we really try to make that uh, very easy to understand mm-hmm. and, and and read and interpret. When you get into the some of the studies, which you can I mean I know your your students can find online, but mm-hmm. it, you can also go to our website and get those and. Um, that'll get into a lot more of the detail and, and the specifics around the studies that we do and the technology that we have and get much deeper into the uh, psychophysics, adaptive psychophysics. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the, the simple way, and you know this, of explaining adaptive psychophysics. It's just um, the patient's ability to react to a stimulus, right, and and, and how they can do that and in, in different ways of, of giving that stimulus to them and, and then having them respond to it very cool yeah and so we touched on this a bit earlier i feel but where where do you see the company going in the next five years ten years what implement what changes would you personally want to see done with the company yeah so i think there's a there's a couple of things we're, we're getting ready for so there's going to be a big market shift and that big market shift is happening right now I, I alluded to it earlier um the first of what's expected to be 14 different drugs are hitting the market so a size is first eli Lilly is gonna we're expected in december and then there's 13 other drugs in phase three trials, um, specifically for uh, MCI, mild cognitive impairment, or Alzheimer's dementia, um, and, and they're different. But it, there's there's hundreds of different dementias. So if you think about it, there's now going to be Dan an intervention that doctors can prescribe um, for these patients and. While the initial ones are going to be very expensive and have some pretty significant side effects, they're going to get more efficacious with lower side effects and, and be better and better. So we think that'll shift the market pretty significantly so that we start to see cognitive screening happen on a regular basis. I think that's going to be think of it as the fifth vital sign and keep referring fifth, to it as the fifth, fifth vital, vital sign. Very interesting way to look at we, it. We don't do enough about. We don't do enough of. Um, so I think that's what's going to drive it. What I want to see is not only do we have this device, which I told you is like a large laptop, but I think there's there's technology we can do, whether it's app-based technologies or home-based technologies for monitoring that doesn't require the patient to come in. I think there's real value with ours in getting into a controlled environment and taking the test. I think there's also real value in monitoring while you're at home so you can see what, what may be driving your... Uh, if it's transient impairment, right? What what could be driving that? So I think we'll we'll see a number of different formats coming out in the future. Wow. Very cool! I, I,
1: and I'm smiling now because I'm hearing I'm I'm I am created the image in my brain of politicians yelling at me, you know, Medicare for all,
2: cognitive screening for all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, again, I, if you think about it, and I was in, I was in the the, the chemistry and human immun human, 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 human uh, immunohematology space uh-huh. where we are doing a lot of blood testing but also molecular and life sciences and we test we literally screen for everything yeah, except uh, for your for brain cognitive knowledge. function yeah,
1: it, it is. Um, yeah, that's um, that is an inter- okay, it's a very interesting thought question, um, and it's also a good place to sort of end the conversation. because We're running sure. out of time because we could go we could have a whole sh- we could have a whole show on uh, why that might be and what's happening with that. Um, Tom O'Neill, President and CEO of Cognivue, thank you so much for engaging us in conversation today on Health Four One One. Um, this is 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronx.com. We're recording from the digital Bronx studios. Thank you for listening. This program is part of Capital Health and Rider University's efforts to bring people together to address issues associated with all aspects of health and healthcare. Thank you, Tom O'Neill, President and CEO of Cognivue. You've been a great gra- guest. Um, I hope our listeners great. enjoy talking, um, listening to our conversation. If anyone has questions or comments about this program and want to make suggestions for future broadcasts, please email us at health411 at rider.edu.
0: Remember, you have a doctor's appointment scheduled for every Sunday at 10 a.m. Don't miss the all-new Health 411 with Dr. Jonathan Karp and our expert medical guest from Capital Health. You can listen to Health 411 anytime on demand. Go to 1077thebronc.com slash health411 to listen to past episodes or tune in every thursday at 9 a.m to hear the weekend rewind edition of health 411 health 411 on 1077 the Bronx is underwritten by capital health minds advancing medicine capital health is the region's leader in providing progressive quality patient care with exceptional physicians nurses and staff as well as advanced technology